$5,000. That's the average amount of money people in the U.S. are now spending on gas in a year. Five grand. That's crazy. If you drive, you have to download Upside, the free app that gives you cash back every time you get gas. That's right. You can earn real cash back with Upside just by buying the gas you're already buying. You can literally start earning cash back today. I use Upside every time I fill up, and I've already made around two, $300. You're putting gas in your car anyway. Why not get real cash back? If you like free money, download Upside. I'm saving the cash I earn from using Upside to help pay for a vacation later this year. Download the free Upside app now to earn cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code SAVE to get an extra 25 cents per gallon on your first tank. You can cash out anytime right to your bank, PayPal, or a gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code SAVE for a 25 cents per gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code SAVE for a 25 cents per gallon bonus. Hello, lovely humans. I'm Wyo Lee, and you are listening to Sex Stories, a podcast where we share our most intimate details so that we can inspire one another to prioritize pleasure over procreation and connection over partner count and clear communication over anxiety-filled guesswork about what will make our partners think that we are good at sex. Our guest today is a 39-year-old bisexual white dude born on the West Coast who now lives in the South. He's been divorced once and is now married to a fantastically loving wife who has given him latitude to get his guy fix, which he hasn't exercised yet. He's in the military and he's into stuff like orgies, anonymous sex, toys, and of course, butt stuff. Welcome, Matt. Thanks, Bio. <laughs> and as it happens, I mean, so it's really weird listening to my intro. I, I don't think I've ever had one before. Um, as it happens, things change. And so I have had a chance to test that latitude now. Oh, yes. Okay, so we're going to dive into that. But first, I would like to hear you rate yourself on a sexual shameometer, one being shameless, 10 being so full of shame. Where do you fall today? So I fall in two places. There's like the face that everybody sees that has to be public. And, you know, like you said, in the military, so that means a certain thing. Mm -hmm. So on that shameometer, it's probably somewhere around a six. Okay. Or no, uh, six being not shameful. Oh, okay, okay. So I guess that would be like a, a four. four. <laughs> the one is not shameful. <laughs> okay. And, uh, so like, but in private life, it's more like I'm a, I'm a two not shameful. Great. Okay. Yeah. And what is your sex life like right now? Great. My wife is loving and fantastic, and we have fantastic coupling in all of the wonderful ways. And then, like I said a second ago, I can... I have the latitude to express myself in all the other sexual ways, too. So it, it's great. Fuck yeah. Okay. When do you first remember hearing about sex, and how did your little kid brain understand it? Oh, gosh. So I just remember, maybe maybe I'm getting old already, but I only remember kind of like picture postcards of my youth, right? And so like the first time I remember actually really much at all about sex was like maybe at my dad's electrical shop the bathroom had uh, porno mags in it. Mm -hmm. And so like on the way home from school or something like, cause it was on the way between the home and the school. So like would use the bathroom. I think I found it. And I think that's where I first, whoa, there's a thing out there. Do you remember if there was any sort of like good, bad, curious feeling around it? All the curious, mm -hmm. all the curious. 
no, good and bad and all that stuff didn't start coming in until junior high. Okay. And did your family talk about sex at all at home or how, what was the vibe like in your household? So I can remember in my very, very young days that my dad was a cool being naked. So like naked dad was a thing. I don't yes. remember mom being naked. I don't remember much conversation about sex. Mm -hmm. I don't think I ever had the talk. Okay. What about in school? Uh, so in school, uh, I was at an age where like we had to have a permission slip to have the reproductive portion talked about in school. Yeah. I, I think I did too. I do remember that. Like, cause I remember, and I remember feeling really cool because I had gone to a play that taught us about HIV and condoms. Like I remember being in fourth grade and I had this water bottle from it. It was like a, you know, an educational school program. And like during our sex ed day, I like brought that water bottle and put it on my desk. So people would know I already knew stuff in fifth grade. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> no, ours was, I mean, it was so biological. This is mm. what happens as puberty is this is the things that happen once two people do the thing, but we're not going to talk about what the thing is, the different ways that it can happen, the different ways people feel about doing it. None of that existed. Okay. So how did you start learning about it? Was it from friends? You talked about middle school. What was your experience and when did you start touching yourself? So I was probably right before. Well, okay. Uh, <laughs> I know, I, I know. Yeah. <laughs> Stacked questions. I know um, I can't ask I one question at a time. Out about it probably as I looked at the magazines more and more and started understanding what it was. And of course, the sex class, you find out what it is and you start wondering about it. No, I don't remember talking to friends too, too much about it. The place where good and bad started coming into it was in junior high, the first the first day of PE when we had shower after PE. Nervous me exercised its nervous self by, you know, standing at attention and letting everybody see it. And so from that day until I left that town, I was gay. Oh, wow. Like somebody, I forget how, that's how it happened. It was like not long after that shower, somebody was making fun of me and I, you know, came back at them and I had a pretty good comeback. Uh -huh. And so then they turned around, well, at least I didn't get a boner in the shower mm. and it was done. Like there's, you can't come back from that, or at least I wasn't capable of it back then. Uh, I was just, because I thought, I hoped nobody would notice, you know, yeah. and yeah. nobody said anything at the time, so I thought I was in the clear. They said that, I knew I wasn't, and I was like, oh God. So everybody just assumed I was gay. Uh, I'd have girlfriends, and I'd be walking down the hallway holding hands with them, and strangers would walk up to me, oh, you're the gay guy, right? Yeah. So how did that affect your adolescent self and also your bisexual self? So, but it's forming the sexual me. And so what that meant was that it was embarrassing to be, you know, to have, you, you shouldn't be attracted to guys at all. Yeah. Like it didn't create a problem with me for like talking to girls, uh, getting girlfriends. I had no problems with that. And I don't think I did anything with guys until like in high school or something. Mm -hmm. But there was always the, we need to be quiet about this, we need to make sure nobody knows about this, that sort of thing. And so I would say that even to this day, that tinge of taboo exists on that side of the sexual line and is part of the attraction to it, too. Mm. And when did you first become aware of your attraction to dudes? So the first time I ever did anything with a dude that I remember was like freshman year of high school. Mm. Okay, so there's this first experience, but that's different from the first feeling. And also, if we're talking experiences, I want to hear what your first 
like consensual partner experience was. Right. So the so feelings part, I feel kind of disconnected from. I don't remember feelings, especially mm-hmm. the first time that I can remember doing anything with a partner at all was with a dude, I want to say. Mm-hmm. He was a senior. I was a freshman. We like met in the woods, did a little bit of everything on all sides. And it was probably in that same year. It was in that same year that I had my first anything with a girl. Also, she, we also met in the woods. <laughs> Love it. I wish I'd lived near the woods. Nobody has their own apartments in high school, right? <laughs> True. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we went and met in the woods and I did less with the girl than I did with the guy. Uh, she gave me a low job. I fingered her. And that was it. Why do you think that was? So what I would kind of guess is there's already stuff out there about sex between guys and girls. This is mm-hmm. what you should do. This is when you shouldn't do. This is when you should and shouldn't do things. So I knew that I wasn't supposed to be having sex with a girl yet. But with dudes, like I say, there was that element of taboo, like none of it was really supposed to be happening. So let's try a little bit of everything. And on that note, how did you go from, I think he's attractive to now we're in the woods? How did you talk about it? How did you approach each other? How did you keep it on the DL? Oh, gosh, I just I I really don't even know. Hmm. I don't know that I would have ever felt an attraction as much as an in. What does that mean? What do you Um, mean? Like the possibility is there? Exactly. Like there's a mutual like possibility feeling like this might be able to happen. Got it. You've heard people talk about gaydar. Yeah. I would feel like that's probably what it was more like beams of gaydar was maybe locking onto each other. And we said, hey, maybe this is a thing. Maybe we should go out here and explore it, I think is how that went down. Got it. And I do want to back up. I think it's backing up. When did you start touching yourself? Yeah, that's backing up. That was that probably was around 12-ish or so. Mm-hmm. Super awkward. It was in my grandparents' bathroom. And I remember using the shampoo. <laughs> and it was like this bright neon green kind. And I, I want to say that it had charcoal in it because it was good for the hair follicles. Oh. And yeah, so like, <laughs> super weird. And... Can you describe your masturbation practice to us a little bit? And has it changed at all over the years? Uh, Yes. So for me, uh, I've heard some people talk about how they'll hold it with their wrist up from Mm -hmm. underneath. Mm -hmm. Other people talk about like with the overhand. I've heard some people talk about like just kind of the ring. Yeah. I'm a whole hand guy, wrist up. And it's the base that is the part that I like to touch myself on. The head, not so much. Cool. How do you touch your base? Is it like a lot of pressure squeezing or is it like friction on the outside? It's it's mostly a pressure and a movement. Yeah, it's pressure and movement and, and the friction kind of. Most cool. of the time I jack off dry. Oh, uh, what? Because, really? Because yeah, why? Because loop is just such a pain in the ass to deal with. And you don't need, okay, okay. So you're not. How are you going to touch your screen and change videos when you got a goopy head? (laughs) Good point. I do deeply appreciate practicality in all things sexual. Like, I want the heightened fantasy, and I want it to be practical. And I can say that both things are possible. So, oh, question, though. Do you also like ball play? What are your balls like? Eh, I mean, 
sure. It's nice when they're acknowledged. It's nice if they're kind of cupped and appreciated. But I mean, it's definitely not a marquee. It's not on the marquee. Okay. Okay. And what about you playing with other people's balls since we're on the subject? Kind of the same same way about it, honestly. Okay. When it, when it comes to guys, I'm not as into oral because I don't think I'm very good at it. I definitely have a gag reflex. Uh-huh. So it's not my favorite thing. Okay. So back to high school years, what else do you remember? So you had these two early experiences, sounds like freshman year. Yep. What else felt important about those times for you? Or if you have any specifics that you want to share with us? So I changed high schools. I went from one parent's house to the other parent's house, you know, after my freshman year. So that means I was completely changing towns mm. and people. And I was going from a small town to a big place. You know, it's changed the whole demographics and everything else. Yeah. So when I got to my second high school, I largely didn't engage with any dudes for at least a good couple years. Okay. And so then it was just girls, girlfriends, you know, and, and lots of blowjobs and fingering. And eventually I went down on girls. So one of the things that was kind of interesting, going back to the first girl that I ever touched, mm-hmm. was... I don't think she was entirely healthy. Do you mean she, like maybe she had an infection? Something because okay. it smelled really bad. Mm-hmm. And I remember because it was the first time I'd ever touched a girl. Mm. And I remember how bad my hands smelled afterwards. Mm. And like we were out in the woods before we were engaged in an after school activity together while we were around other people. And I was so worried somebody else would smell it and know what was going on. Like I tried to clean it off with Windex and stuff. That didn't help. Oh, wow. Right. Uh, probably like a yeast infection or a bacterial infection or something. I don't know. Oh. And in the moment, I was like, oh, my God, is, are they all like this? Yeah. And now looking back, I go, oh, girl, I hope she was okay. <laughs> well, that's such a good point because especially when I remember being 13, 14, I didn't get my period until I was 14. And I remember just everything vagina related was like terrifying. And I didn't, you know, we didn't have good information. I didn't know that if I smelled weird, it was probably an indicator that something could be taken care of. I just thought, you know, it's sort of like you just don't want to be the kid with a problem. You don't want to be the person that has to have anything, anyone touching your area unnecessarily too, because it's mortifying at that age. So did that stop you from touching other girls for a long time or? No, I don't think so. Um, Because before I left that school, I know that I had, you know, done stuff with other girls. If anything, I remember being kind of expecting it to be just the same smells and everything and pleasantly surprised when it wasn't. And as life has gone along, I mean, obviously I know the difference now and yeah, no issues. In those early experiences, how did you talk about physical things with your partners, if at all? Not really at all. Mm. There there wasn't a whole lot of talk. It was, I mean, I wouldn't have had the language to do it anyway. It was a lot of fumbling around and figuring out, honestly. And then as a young person, do you remember ever hearing about consent? No. Yeah. No, I mean, I haven't heard about consent, like, I want to say maybe the last 10 years is when it started being a word that people used quite often. And it's, I got a kiddo who's 10, almost 10. And when the time comes for the talk, that's going to be a a big word that I use. Yeah. A word I use frequently. Mm. So let's just dive into some of your favorite things. What are some of your favorite things about sex? 
to freeness. Like when it's really there and it's really good, it's really free. I'm probably like most of the country right now. I've definitely put on my COVID-19. <laughs> You're the first person I've heard say it like that, though. I like that. Oh, you can use it. <laughs> <laughs> and so when I'm having sex, it, it you know, with somebody who's truly there and appreciative, it feels free. I don't have to feel like, oh, God, I don't feel, I don't look very good. I don't feel very good. It's just cool. And it's the same way. It's, it's that Plus, it's even better when you start engaging in the actual sexual acts, touching people's private places, them touching your private places, and it's all okay. Yeah. It's amazing. And then it's just that much better when you're doing those taboo things, and it's still okay. Have you always had this level of freedom in your sexual self? I don't know. I so I'm a horn dog, right? I mean, the damn thing kind of controls me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but, you know, so like I kind of have just been driven to do a whole lot of things. And there's been parts in my past when I certainly looked back and said, whoa, should I have? I don't know. Wait, like but... what? Can you tell us any specifics that are perhaps juicy or dirty details? So fast forwarding or, or whatever, right? So I've discovered that adult stores have back rooms, video arcades, most places call them. And lots of people do lots of things in the back of them, right? Uh -huh. And so I have absolutely used a glory hole been on both sides of it, right? <gasps> Go and, on. Well, and that's not the juicy part that I'm getting to. The, one of the parts that makes me go is I, so there was a guy that was standing on a bench was blowing him and somebody else kind of came behind me and kind of whispered into my ear so you do anal and I was like sure and he was then doing me and before I could even think to ask about wait do you have condom or anything he came and pulled out of me and went away and then immediately behind him another guy came in and started fucking me and came and left and in the moment, it was amazingly, mm. like, hot. It yeah. was like, wow, yes. And, like, then, of course, reality slaps me, and I go, oh, my God, what did I just do? Yeah. <laughs> right? And so, uh, you know, uh, that was a part of my life where I was free and not engaged in relationships, and I was going to the clinic every three months to go get all the tests done I could. Thank God nothing yeah, yeah. You know, bad happened from that. But that was definitely a place where I was living in the moment, loving every second of it. And very soon afterwards went, oh, my God, what did I do? Okay, so you rolled the risk dice and you got whatever a good roll is. I don't know anything about dice, but <laughs> what is a good roll? I can't continue that metaphor. Can I ask some really specific details about that scenario? Yeah. So... Okay, so that was at a glory hole, the guy on the bench? Is that how? Okay. I'm trying to figure out the mechanics. Yep. Okay. Yep. Let me bring you into it. So, because uh, they're all different, right? All the back rooms are different. And this place had, like, the arcades, you know, the individual screens with individual booths, and they had glory holes in mm -hmm. it, right? And then there was another section of the back room that was 
kind of made out like a maze. Like there were walls with, you know, that kind of made weird turns so that you could put yourself in a corner with somebody if you wanted, right? And it was very, very dark in there. Like a sex maze. Uh, like a sex maze. Like oh a my sex God. maze. Oh, God. Okay. And there were like benches where you could sit on with a partner if you wanted to or whatever. And in this case, the guy was standing on there so that his dick could be reached by somebody else that was standing. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Okay. And then when people come up behind you, do they have lube? Do they just go straight in? What is that like? Do they finger you first? Is your asshole just like always ready for a cock? Lots of them will have condoms already. Mm -hmm. um, lots of them, if they want to do anal, will have lube already. Mm -hmm. And it depends on the day and the time if I'm ready for a cock God. or not. I yeah. didn't go there that day expecting any anal play. And thank God it wasn't as a disaster. Yeah, yeah. Is there anything else about high school experiences that is worth mentioning just at all? High school experiences, not so much. Okay. I mean, towards the end of high school, I had a girlfriend that I was pretty serious with, and I had intentionally not had sex with her. I didn't have actual penetrative sex with a girl until I was like 19, Okay. out of high school. Mm -hmm. uh, but the girlfriend that I had at that time, we did everything but. I was mm -hmm. down on her, she was down on me, and at some point, we did this wonderful thing where we sat naked on each other's laps and made a hot dog. Wait, what do you mean? I don't get it. I don't get things like that, this. Your penis is between her thighs? But between her between her lips? vagina lips. Oh. <laughs> See, this is my brain doesn't always get the metaphor. Sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't. Okay. I'm very visual, and that's what it would it that's what it did look like when it looked down. It looked kinda like a hot dog. That's and awesome. we made out and we wrote <sighs> each other to completion. I wanna make a hot dog. Sex. Oh, that's so, I mean, do you think that taboo is hot? Like the, I guess, I guess it's only hot when you're a kid and you don't want to have sex because as an adult, you're like, why won't you fuck me? Unless religious reasons. Please put it the fuck in me, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, when, at the time in my life, that was amazing. Yeah. Ugh. What about, so in college, did you go to college? Yes. Okay. What? I took a 16-year hiatus in the middle of college. Some of it I actually went to college and some of it I did recently online. Oh, cool. Okay. So what do you remember? Were you out of the house for the first time? Like, just tell us about your early adult sexual self. Like, what was it like trying to figure out how to fuck as a, you know, adult, quote unquote? Yep. So the first time I had sex with a woman, well, and that, that's, so that's a, a part of the whole distinction, right? So I was actually in high school still and had gone away to a band camp and met a guy there who, uh, you know, once again, I can't remember how it happened, but eventually we kind of locked in on the fact that we both might like to do something with a dude. And while we didn't do anything at camp, we stayed in touch and then later on had conversations like, yeah, you were totally hot, I kind of wanted to do you, blah, blah, blah. And then eventually we went and did things together. Oh. Yeah, we were from the area. Like, we didn't go to the same school. He went to a different school, but, like, towards the end of school, I was driving, so I was able to go and visit him, and then we did things. Oh, that's great. And is there anything to say about that? He was big enough that I couldn't take him. <gasps> what was that like? I wanted to, but I, I couldn't. He couldn't get it in. It hurt too much. Yeah. And, like, I didn't know enough about how my butt worked to be yeah. able to like ease into it to work up to it, whatever. I would think that nowadays I could probably handle it. And if I couldn't, I would want to spend the time learning how to and figuring it out. 
Can you actually talk about that for a minute? So as a dude, how did you start to figure out your asshole? Because I am a kinky submissive that was trained by a master. What was your journey like in figuring out how to have lots of fun, pleasure and expansion with your butthole? So it started really, really early, like maybe even before I masturbated for the first time Mm. or maybe right about the same time. I I can't remember that timeline exactly, but I had a flashlight that was like a pen. Uh Right. And so it had the right kind of shape and I was just messing around and, you know, oh, I wonder what if like if the light will come out of my dick or something. I don't know what I thought. I was just a stupid kid. Yeah. But before I realized it, like I had the whole thing up my butt and I was like, oh, well, that's interesting. That's and that's how I figured that out, you know? And then it certainly wasn't until, gosh, in the early 20s that I started actually having sex with my butt. And even then, I still like, it took me, I would say, all the way towards the end of my 20s, beginning of my 30s or so before I finally figured out you have to use enough lube. You have to, you know, this is how you really let it go. This is, you have to kind of push like you're going to the bathroom when you're taking it in because yeah. it feels the same, just in reverse. Yes. And it was about then that I started actually being pretty jealous of women, of their vaginas at least, mm. because with a vagina, if you want to have sex, you can have sex right away. Yep, there's not much preparation. <laughs> No, I mean, at assuming you have now, At this stage of my of my life and sexuality, I recognize that it takes a good two hours or so to get completely ready for the amount of anal sex that I would like mm-hmm. to have. Mm-hmm. Would you feel comfortable sharing with us, like, just what's your process to make you feel comfy? I have one of the bulbs, mm-hmm. and so, like, I, I have had to do so much research and learning about how to clean my butt out for God's sake. And that's what I realized is there's light cleaning for not very deep penetration and not a very intense sexual escapade. Or if you're going to do the whole thing, then you have to do the whole thing. Yeah. And well, you can be underprepared and nobody likes that. So I just overprepare all the time. Well, I will also say you yeah. can be underprepared and get lucky timing wise or just whatever. Like sometimes yes. it can be fine, you know? That's true. It comes in particularly handy, like in the back of an adult store. Yeah. <laughs> But so I take my bulb and I have to fill it and myself about six times or so Mm. before I clear out. And then I have to do that process about six to eight times or so before the water starts coming out clear. Wow. That's way more extensive than anything I've done. (laughs) But I love it. I want to have tons of fun and I don't want to have any of that unpleasantness that's fantastic because yes we're grown up and i've had that stuff happen before and yes it's not very much harder than a little wipe wipe yeah. okay let's keep going but no i don't want to deal with that i mean i think it's just lovely if you don't if it's not like the worry in the back of your mind because i will say that's the thing that probably shuts me down number one anally is i'm like oh wait am i not clean because it just it's just something my brain is going to think about. And then I'm like, oh, now I have to factor in washing the sheets or whatever. You know, like, all. Of, I mean, I guess I do anyway if I'm having, like, proper sex, which I haven't in a while. But um. <laughs> Well, and the, the thing, too, is it's like, you know, either you're young enough that you don't know to care yet or you're 
you know, you've done the work with somebody and realized that they're safe enough that you can be fluid bonded with them. Yeah. You would like to know at the end of it what's actually coming out of you. Yeah. Uh, yes. Okay. So yeah. I love. Took I... a minute. You got it. Yeah. <laughs> I love this deep dive, though. Honestly, like stuff like like these are the types of details that I don't I don't think I've actually ever asked anyone that question before. So oh. these are the sorts of things that I've had to spend a lot of time looking right. on the internet for to find answers to because like I have the questions and I want the answers and there are some people that put them and that's nice. But maybe somebody that's listening to you hasn't looked on the internet. And yeah. so maybe they need to know. Do you have any secrets in terms of looking? Like, are you just a Googler or do you have any like go-to site resources that are worth mentioning? No, I, I just Google and frequently YouTube helps. There'll be some dude who has recorded something about how they clean themselves out or whatever oh, that yeah. I'll watch. Or I found this one wonderful, it was like a manual, it was like a seven page infographic that like had like the two sides, are you doing a light cleaning, you're doing a full cleaning, this is how you do it. Oh. Yeah, that was illustrated, you know? God bless whoever made that. Love it. <laughs> Will you tell us the details of how you like to receive oral sex? <sighs> That's the thing. So I'm not small. I'm not. Ron Jeremy, but I'm not small, right? Uh -huh. So it does take a certain amount of talent to be able to take all of me. Mm. And the thing is, just like I was mentioning the way I masturbate, I prefer the sensation with the base of my dick. That's what I was wondering which, about. Yeah, so if you don't, if you if you can't deep throat, then, well, it's probably not the great, I, I love it, I appreciate it very much, but I'm almost definitely not going to come if you can't do that. Or unless you've got some like really great hand game to yeah. go along with it. But my dickhead is ridiculously sensitive, especially after I come. So uh, oh. like, yeah, I you know that how there are some people that really enjoy spending time sucking on just the tip and mm -hmm. licking on the tip and that stuff. That gets to be way too much for me way too quick. Oh, wow. Okay. So it's too, it's not that it's not sensitive. It's that it's too sensitive. Yes. Oh, so do condoms actually help you then in that case? I guess. Like, because I feel like most condoms. dudes are like, I hate, yeah, <laughs> why do you hate them? I really do. Because well, um, I was like, maybe having less sensitivity on your tip would help. I don't know. Well, and so I don't feel the sexual pleasure coming from the tip of my dick. Oh. I feel it from my whole dick. Uh -huh. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, and condoms, the thing with them is you have to stop, you have to pause, you have to put it on. Uh, they make anybody dry out faster did it break oh my god i don't know all of these things are problems with condoms i wasn't born with a condom on so it's not automatic does that make sense yeah 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 but i'm assuming that you do use them with partners that are not your wife correct what's the conversation around that like is it a given or do you have to initiate it or how how do you usually approach it it's a given in a pre-marital relationship status, it's a given, yeah. right? You want to have sex with somebody new, you're going to wear a condom, right? Because you don't know their birth control methods or status, and, you know, nobody wants to be, you know, famous for having an entire, you know, century of kids, <laughs> you know? Hopefully not. And with dudes, though, it's different because you can't get a dude pregnant, and so there becomes that whole well, are we going to use condoms or not? And there's whole communities of people that are like, fuck no. Mm. And like 
further to that thing. Uh, I've, I've heard you talk on other podcasts with other folks about being fluid bonded with people, which means that if there's words for it, it's a thing and there's a reason it's a thing. It's probably that it doesn't suck. So. So do you use condoms with dudes? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Because yeah, there again, uh, especially like if you don't know, then yes. What about for blowjobs? I have had people blow me while I was wearing a condom. Oh, you're the first person I've met who said that. You're the first Actually, actual person. I had a girl that said, yeah, I want to give you a blowjob, but we need to have condoms, so let's go get flavored ones. I love her. I wish I had been her. But yeah, generally speaking, no. Okay. It's weird. Almost all these conversations, there's a clear line, a clear difference between sex with dudes and sex with chicks. Can you say more about that? Based on the repercussions, the things that could happen when you have sex with a dude or sex with a chick, there are a different set of consequences. There are different sensations that come with it uh, between dudes and sex. There are different emotional things that go into sex with dudes and sex with chicks. Yes, I could talk for eons on the difference. I would love to hear just a couple of, if you could highlight some sensations and highlight a couple of emotions in the dudes versus chicks realm. So with chicks, there's... At least for me, I'm speaking from my yeah. own experience with chicks, there's the element of romance, of passion, of connection with a person, right? Yeah. Versus with dudes, the emotions, it's like raw lust, magnetism, just pure sexuality. And so because of that, there's usually a much shorter road to sex with dudes than there is with chicks. What about specific bodily sensations? Specific bodily sensations. So when I'm having sex with a girl, yes, I have had girls do things with my butt and stuff. But generally speaking, it's me being the insertive partner. And so it's I'm in the top sort of role. Mm -hmm. I'll enjoy their entire body. They'll enjoy my entire body. Lots of touching, lots of kissing. And that's great. Sex with dudes, more often than not, I'm the receptive partner. Mm -hmm. And Yes, there is some kissing. Sometimes it's usually up to the dude. I'm open to it. Some tops are not. Some of them think, oh, I'm straight, but I'm just doing this. Or no, I don't want to acknowledge that I like this. And so kissing is off limits. Some of them, they're all about it. Some of them are really, really into touching your whole body. Some of them, they want to touch one round piece of you with one peg piece of them. Wow. What is your experience like as a bottom in those different scenarios? Like, do you love the variety platter? Do you have a preference for a type of treatment? Does it just depend on the person or are you just kind of open to see what happens? So I am a fan of variety. It is the spice of life. Yes. When I am the bottom, what I like the most is when they touch me with their hands all over the place. There again, making me feel free and accepted, right? Yeah. I enjoy it when they change positions with me a lot because variety is the spice of life. Do you have any favorite positions that are worth mentioning? So the two that come to mind are like doggy, but like modified. I don't know what the word is I, on hands and knees, except I'll pull my knees all the way up to my tits. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I don't know what that's called, but you're kind of like almost a smaller version of being on your knees. Yeah, like your ass sheets are basically yeah. setting on the palms of your feet. Fuck yeah. Right. Uh, so that I really, really like. And then if I'm on my back, then whole different physiological things happen to me. I don't know if it's just the curvature of them and the curvature of me inside and stuff like that. But that's when, if I'm going to come hands-free, that's when it'll happen. Or sometimes it turns into me having to piss. 
Whoa, wait, what, what, what? You can yeah. either come hands-free or have to pee from being on your back and getting fucked? Right. And sometimes it's more like not one or the other. Sometimes it's one than the other. Really? Wait, like immediately? Like you're laying there coming and then you pee a little bit? Or like then you have no, to go to the bathroom? It's like peeing first and then coming. Really? Wow. Lovers, this episode is sponsored by Blue Chew. If you are listening to this, you are probably like me and you love sex. And you also know that fantastic sex takes more than just a boner. But if that's all that's missing in your connection with your partner, check out BlueChew.com. BlueChew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra, Cialis, and Levitra, but in chewable tablets at a fraction of the cost. You can take them anytime, day or night, so you can plan ahead or be ready whenever the opportunity arises. You know, that's my favorite. The process is simple. Sign up at BlueChew.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you're approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. The best part? It's all done online, so no visits to the doctor's office, no dealing with the awkwardness that exists because physicians are not often given great guidance about how to talk about sensitive personal things like boner softness, plus no waiting in line at the pharmacy. Blue Chew's tablets are made in the USA and prepared and shipped direct to your door in a discreet pack. With Blue Chew, penis owners everywhere are excited to see the postman because when your package has arrived, your package has arrived. And you know I love a good package. And I have to say, am I allowed to say this? It was very hot when I had a partner who I already had a good, trusting, open relationship. He'd been working on his anxiety, cutting down on screens, meditating, he quit smoking, he started exercising regular, cutting out processed foods, all of that stuff. He was just of a certain age and I'll just say... The night that he told me he was making his package arrive, it was a very super hot extra layer of turn-on for me personally. So if it's for you, this is a super convenient resource. Blue Chew wants to help you have better sex. Discover your options at bluechew.com, chew it, and do it. And we've got a special deal for our listeners. Try Blue Chew free when you use our promo code LOVER at checkout. You just pay $5 for shipping. That's bluechew.com promo code LOVER to receive your first month free. Visit bluechew.com for more details and important safety information. And thank you to Blue Chew for sponsoring the podcast. The first time it happened, it, it totally surprised me. This guy was watching me, and I was like, oh, I feel like I'm going to pee. And he's like, just go, man, just go. And I was like, oh, I love great. him. And I peed a lot, and I was like, oh, kind of glad we're in a hotel now. Oh, this is my <laughs> hotel. Great, I'm going to go get new bedding. So, like, once he left, finally, I, like, had to go down the hallway, and I found the house sleeping area. I got fresh linens, and I remade my bed, and it left a pile of soil laundry in the corner of the room. Felt weird about that, but I knew I wasn't going back there, so it was okay. <laughs> but, yeah, after, like, as soon as I was done peeing, then, you know, he, he wasn't done yet, so he kept fucking me. And then I came, and it was powerful. Wow. So, just to be very clear... He's fucking you in the ass, and then you ejaculate out of your penis? Yes, yes. Where does it land? On my belly. And it's hands-free, but what are your hands doing? Are they touching him? Are they anywhere? Like, do you know? I mean, I know that's a very specific question for something that, question. that you and have I, done many different ways. I but don't know in that instance what my hands were doing. <laughs> my hands at times in the past have been on a guy's chest or on his hips or on myself. Good. What are some of your other big turn-ons? I like it. Maybe, I, I must have a hole in my soul somewhere because I like to be wanted. I like it when somebody has a strong want. If yeah. they'll show me the want, they can be a troll-looking motherfucker. And I'll be like, yeah, okay. 
Well, I do think there is something to feeling desired. And I do think, well, I don't know. Maybe I'm just too submissive. But I think for me that feeling desired and having the opportunity to say yes or no, you know, that is something I love. Like I love... (laughs) And and similarly for me, it's a big turnoff if I feel like I have to force myself on someone. Like, I won't do that, you know, mm. to, to the extent that, like, I won't even invite a guest onto this show. People have to apply because I don't want to pressure anybody, you know. So, I mean, being wanted is a, is a very big turnoff for me. Another very big turnoff is if somebody expresses their desires once we're engaged. Ooh. Like, I'm creative. I can come up with some funky shit. Totally. You know what I'm saying? But... Almost always, if somebody says, can we, will you, can I, the answer is yes. Can you think of any examples that you've experienced? Um, There was a girl once who said, I want to ride you while she sits on your face, and that blew my fucking world. That, That line, that phrase sits forever in my brain. Fuck yeah, so that sounds like a threesome story we need to hear can you please tell us so i had been with homegirl several times and it was always wonderful and fantastic and her friend had come to town to visit from out of town to visit and we were all just hanging around i had taken them down the street from my house this was after high school but before i moved out of uh my parents house so we'd gone down the street and sat and smoked a joint and then we went back to my house and like my parents were all asleep, so we kind of had to be very quiet coming into the house and going up the stairs to my room. And all stoned, of course, at this point. And they're like, oh, let's watch a movie or something. I'm like, okay. And they grab the remote control and push play. And I'm a teenage guy at this point. So right about the time they're pushing play, I'm like, oh, fuck. Because <laughs> there was porno in the VCR. <laughs> and so it started playing. And I was like, oh, no. And they're like, no, this is okay. And then that's how it started. And I was kissing the girl that I'd been with before. And she took my hand and put it on the other girl's boobs. And Ooh. yeah, and we started doing things and it was great. And if I if I had any regrets in the world, it was that back then I was I didn't quite have the control I had now, or at least the awareness of when I was about to lose control that I do now. So I didn't know to slow down. And so while one of them was on her back and the other one had her face in her lap, and I was behind her while she was on her hands and knees. Well, I mean, that was just about the prettiest thing I'd seen to that point in my life. And so it didn't last much longer. Totally. If I had a regret in the world, it was that I didn't know to slow the fuck down right then. No. <laughs> so is group sex something you've had multiple experiences of? Lots of them. Oh, really? Will you please share? Oh, I'm so happy. It sounds like they're good. Uh, yes. Uh, so He's I saying it with big have... smiles. Nobody else is going to see you, so I have to tell them. <laughs> Uh, yes, lots of group sex has happened in my time on this planet so far. I think that might have been the only, if I can remember correctly, that's the only time I was ever just with two girls at one time. There was a point in my life that I was really into finding husbands and wives that wanted a third. A unicorn with an actual horn. Yes! Oh my gosh, that's so I found a couple of them, and so that was a lot of fun. How did you find them? Different websites. And so that was back in the day when Craigslist, you could still post ads right. on. Mm-hmm. I'm so glad that you're like, right. You know what the fuck I mean by that. 
Do you know there are people in this world that don't know about that problem? <laughs> I do, I do. They're about 10 years younger than me. No, what I'm saying is there are people that don't know how wonderful a thing Craigslist was for finding people and that it ever went away. There are people that have had boring oh. enough lives. They've never looked in the ads on Craigslist and I don't see. know that they don't exist now. <laughs> well, I don't think I ever looked at them because my sexual awakening kind of didn't happen until, I don't know, what year? Do you remember what year those personals went away? It was just a few years ago, right? Yeah, it was only like... It was less than four years ago. Yeah, so I never had a chance to, like, play and explore there, unfortunately. What was it like? Would You you wouldn't post a picture, would you? It depends. Okay. Uh, I have posted pictures. I've responded to way more ads than I've posted. Uh. Mm -hmm. And so if I posted a picture, I wouldn't have my face in it. Got it, got it, got it. That makes sense. So, yeah, husbands and wives, and I've been with them. Um, well, before you say more things, though, finding husbands and wives... What kind of conversations would you have with them ahead of time? Or was it like responding with a yes, no to their proposal? Or did you have to feel out their relationship? What sort of due diligence, if any, was there? Did you People do? were usually pretty deliberate in their ad. And, or I would be pretty deliberate if I was saying, hey, I'm looking for a couple, you know, that sort of thing. Uh, and so it would be kind of discussed already what we wanted to do. And was it usually finding guys who also wanted to fuck you or were you okay sleeping with couples if it was like, I don't know, you're servicing him or what, what kind of configurations did you get to explore? The ones that come to mind, yes, usually involve him having sex with me while I had sex with her or some configuration there. Uh, there were times when he was new and wanting to try things. And so... It, they both wanted me to fuck them. And so, like, it would be a turn-taking sort of thing. Cool. I've had those. Did you wash off your penis in between people or switch condoms? Because I would like to think. I'm sure I switched condoms. It's important because you can take things from one place that don't belong in another, and then, you know, bad things happen. Oh, that's how we get bacterial infections. Yeah. Uh, so, do you have any favorite MMF threesome positions or least favorite ones? Um, no least favorite ones. Have you ever been left out? Because a lot of people say they get left out in threesomes and I just... No, I've never been left out of one because it was never, I was never in the situation where I could be left out. The people that get left out are usually part of the couple. And when they find their third, it's because they get left out because their partner had more desire to be with the new one than make a thing. Because I was the, the unicorn with the horn. I had something they both wanted. Love that. Wait, yeah, so do you have a favorite? So probably my favorite is when she's on her back, I'm inside of her and he's inside of me. Oh, that's so good. Have you, can you all kiss at that point? Or do you usually kiss them or do you watch them kiss? That's probably logistically difficult, but I guess if you all converged around you, it could work. I suppose it could. I don't think that it, it ever happened like in the middle of sex that all three of us were kissing. Yeah. There might have been like a preemptive sort of thing where maybe we all were. That's just the thing that my brain thinks of that I want to take a picture of. <laughs> mm. That'd be such a hot picture. Yeah. Okay, so threesomes, any other group sex like orgies or sex parties or is that your jam at all or would it be hypothetically? Yes, I've been to orgies also. Um, oh. I went to one where, one that I can remember where there was only... I want to say there was only one girl, or maybe it was early enough in the evening that she was the only one there. And it was 
the sort of orgy where it was more focused on her getting some BDSM type stuff done to her. Mm -hmm. And you could tell that this was a place where orgies happen a lot. Because I remember I showed up and the guy who met me at the door, he was an older guy, I want to say he already had like some graying hair, maybe a gray goatee, something like that. Some visual cue that I knew he was older. And as he was leading me through what was clearly his house, like we passed one room and there was one of those blue plastic kitty swimming pools. Yeah. And because I'm a fucking pervert, I knew that they have piss parties in that room. And so he was walking me back to the other room, right? And so this girl was in there. She was a, a bigger girl. And so she would, but she was all about getting hit and getting slapped and getting choked. And I think she was the first girl I ever fisted. Mm. That's a really weird sensation. Very cool. Tell me about it. It's so, it's like any other time you're putting your digits inside somebody, except you keep going. And then at some point you get past the large part of your hand and it kind of grabs you and pulls you in. Wow. <laughs> How, yeah. how did you learn to do it? Were you with someone who had already done it? Or with, so wait, you said she was your first time? She, that was the orgy that I'm thinking of at the moment. She was the only girl who was there. It was the first time I'd ever fisted. Fisted. Someone. Have you fisted someone yeah. since? Probably. That is wild. How much lube did you use? Lots. It's like you make this kind of hand, right? Where all your fingers go together? Or what did you? I think I did. Yeah. Yes, I think I did. Did you do your dominant, non-dominant? Like maybe like a oh, dominant hand. a knuckle. Yeah. Start with a knuckle. It might have been a it might have been a first knuckle first kind of deal because there's not too much difference between that and that. Yeah. You know, like the white part of your hand is still the white part of your hand. What does it feel like? Like okay, how do I ask this? And that's in a, it's the fun part about that is it's the fun part of any group situation is that you're doing stuff while other people are watching. Okay, so yeah, I want to ask about the emotional experience. So other people are watching. That's hot. What's your physical yeah. experience? And is anyone else touching you anywhere else in this scenario? Can't remember if they were touching me or not. It's so hot being watched doing stuff. So there again, so another time in the back rooms, right? There was another portion of the back room where there was almost like a stage built. Like it was up further than the rest of the ground, but they built like a banister like it was a balcony or something. And so you could stand up there watching the TV that's clearly mounted so that you can stand at the balcony watching the TV, you right? And dudes would stand down here while I would be jerking off and, you know, I would come and because I'm elevated, it's going for feet. Oh my feet. gosh. That was cool. <laughs> that was cool. Was this, this was the house or this was a place? That was not the house. I, I, I you jumped. Pulled okay. a rope and dope on you. That was in the back of a of a. That's fucking awesome. So adult stores. So how did you get invited to things that weren't adults? Like how are you finding these places, these spaces? So the adult store I found, I might have googled it, or mm -hmm. I drove by it and I saw that they had arcades or something like that. And so I went in and I saw it and I found it and I was in that town for several years. So I was able to keep going back and. Wow. I saw it change. I saw the configuration of the back room change several times. And I remember being pleasantly surprised when it was upgraded sometimes. That was cool. That's awesome. Yeah. Did you get to um, know people there? Like, would you see the same people at those events? So I was just kind of thinking about, I think it was more correct to say it was a cross-dressing guy than it would be a trans person. And they showed up several times 
and they liked to set themselves up in a room that was big enough where several people could come and fuck them, like, and take turns and stuff. Ooh. Did you, so, were you one I, of those I people? I saw that there several times. I, I, yeah, I was yeah. one of those people at some yeah. point. Yeah. It, does that count as a gangbang? Sure. There's more than one person like banging one person. All right. Yeah, um, do you specifically get off on gangbangs, or have you been gangbanged other than the situation you already told us about, or those two back to back, or is it something you'd like to explore? No, I haven't been gangbanged. What I have been is I've been the bottom in an anonymous situation. Oh yes, tell us more about the anonymous fuckings, please. It's a logistical nightmare to set up a fucking gangbang. Okay, you yeah. gotta talk to this person and this person and this person. Yeah. When's it gonna be? Where's it gonna be? This date works for them. It doesn't work for them. Yeah, no. yeah, yeah. <laughs> totally. But in the days, and actually, I think you can still do it now with other various apps and websites. You can still set up stuff. It worked easier to say, "I'm here. Come through." And so what I what I did was I had a hotel room, and I would you know spend the time doing all the prep prep work. So I was clean as a whistle, ready to go. And I would put up my ad and say, look, so I'm here. Let me know if you want to come. And then, you know, people would start talking and eventually people would start saying, yes, okay, cool. Where is it? Which hotel? Okay, I'm on the way. And I would tell them, cool, when you get to the parking lot, then you can tell me and I'll give you the room number. And so then, you know, 20 minutes or whatever would go by, they'd text or they'd call. Or, no, they wouldn't call. They'd text or they would email. And so I'd give them the room number. And I'd get up off the bed and in my, you know, as naked as I was, in my sluttiest way possible, you know, all lubed up and just ready to go, I would run over to the door, unlock the door, and open it and leave it cracked. Then I would run back over to the bed, put my face in the mattress, and wait. And then eventually I would hear the door open oh and close, God. and I would hear the lock turn. Then the guy would come over and... Some of them would take off all of their clothes. Some of them would openly drop their pants. Some of them would come over and put their face into my butt for a little while first. Oh my gosh, what a hello. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's no talking through all of this. I mean, that's the whole point of yeah. the anonymous deal, right? Yeah. Lovers, we are going to take a quick pause for a word from our sponsor. And they have given me notes to do a sultry female voice. So I'm very excited and I'm going to do my best. Did you know? The Flora app is a safe place to open up, embrace your desires, and find like-minded people. This is the story of one couple who found the threesome of their dreams, discovered a new level of shared passion, and stepped into a whole other realm of possibilities, all thanks to Flora. As life's routines settled in, Robert and Lucy found themselves yearning to explore uncharted territories, so they downloaded Flora and embarked upon a thrilling journey of sensual experimentation learning more about each other's desires in the process. Open-minded and adventurous, Robert and Lucy dreamt of adding a new dimension to their intimacy, sharing the touch of another woman, being witnessed and connecting in a way that transcends the ordinary. In Fleur's diverse and accepting community, Lucy connected with Emily, a babe craving the same experiences. So they invited Robert to the conversation. The chemistry built and anticipation heightened as they exchanged messages, until finally their agreed-upon date night arrived. A gorgeous hotel was the setting for their evening of pleasure, passion, and connection. A shared exploration that fulfilled each party's desires. Fleur app celebrates the beauty of open-minded connections. It's a platform where fantasies come to life and desires are embraced without judgment. 
For couples seeking adventure with others or individuals keen on exploring, Floor invites us all to a world where every desire is a possibility waiting to unfold. Download Floor now, express your desires freely, and find like-minded people today. But what I'd always do is I'd always have, I had the condoms, and I had the lube, and I would leave a new condom in the wrapper sitting on my butt cheek. Oh my gosh. It's like a mint on a pillow. That's so cute. Yeah. And so they would come in, and eventually they would then pull their pants down, put the condom on, and they would have sex with me. And then they would leave. And then I would, okay, cool. See you in a few minutes. And I think on the best night, there was maybe five guys that came through that night. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. That's so cool. It's like a chain bang, but, like, spread out. Like, you're just, like, finding your links. That's amazing. Yeah. That you never feel wanted. That's a sure way to feel wanted. Can I come back? Can I come back? Oh, please. Oh, my gosh. In that night, how often would you come? So less than the men that came through. Right. Because some of them would be very, very fast. Right. And I remember I'd always be a little... Mm. (laughs) 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 Uh, But several times. Wow. Wow. How does it feel to like, I feel like you have probably so many other stories that I haven't even tapped into yet, but what does it feel like to be this roiling sexual being who has to be like a responsible regular adult most of the time? The hardest part is not letting people see it. How do you do that? Because I don't know anymore, especially now that I've talked to so many people about their sex life. What helps is that I have certain thing I have to wear every day. I have a certain look that I have to have every day. And it's like everybody else that I'm around. Mm. So that does a lot of the work. Now I have to just pay attention to what things I'm saying and what, you know, who I'm telling what experiences to. And so obviously in some of the stories that I've told you, I sound like the absolute most masculine guy ever. If you only think about those, right? So those are the ones that I'll tell in some places. <laughs> wow. Yeah, and then so in the other ones, I mean, like the other stuff, I have to wait for a wonderful person to start a very sex-positive podcast and let me tell her my stories. <laughs> yeah, I, don't, I don't get to tell these a whole lot. The, the, unless I'm actively looking for a guy to have sex with and they want to hear everything because guys are all perps. Yeah, I was going to say, how often do you talk to your lovers about sexy things? And how has that evolved over the years? Like pre-marriage and we should also talk about married sex. But yeah, how do you talk to your lovers about sex? Um, here again, the there's the line between the dudes and the chicks, right? The chicks, yes, I will. Well, even there, there's lines inside that. Mm. With dudes I'm going to have sex with, you can be just wide on open about it. Hey, this is what I've done. This is what I do. This is what I like. This is what I don't like. And it works great. You can. I can't. I scare them away. I wish I could fuck gay dudes. It seems like it would be easier to talk to them. Mm. Yeah. And it's weird. Like, I find myself in platonic relationships being most easily drawn to lesbians. Mm. I find myself very easily falling into friendships with lesbians. Yeah. I find it so hard to get girls to respond to me, but it's also maybe COVID and dating apps. And I think I'm better out in the world, but I don't know. Um, that might be. Yeah. Uh, and and that's, that's, that's an interesting thing. 
talking to people like through apps and stuff and getting people online. I have a friend, a very good friend. He's my best friend. And he'll say to the ends of the earth, God, I'm not like you, man. I can't talk to people online. I can't get a chick. I'll, he'll say all the time, I'll never find a wife now because he's about my age, too. And he, he, so he just thinks he's done. Never going to have a wife, never going to have kids. And he'll say all the time, it's because I don't have the silver tongue like you. I can't, you know, I can't talk like you can. Mm. So, I mean, I guess maybe there is a little bit of skills talking to people on apps and stuff. I find for me, if I know what I want ahead of time and, and I work under that frame of mind, it works best. And it puts, if, if I know that ahead of time when I'm going into it, then I can be more aware of how they're talking and what keywords they may be using and what I can work off of. Like what? What do you mean? And are we still talking about dudes or does this also apply to ladies? Applies to ladies too. Okay. It's just that with dudes, you already start with a place of I want to have sex. But the, the problem I'm having with dudes lately is like some of them, it's like I want to have it now. I don't want to talk a lot. Mm. I've had some of them say to me, I'm tired of all the questions. And I'm like, yo, the questions are how I make sure you get exactly what you want, bro. What yeah. do you mean you don't want questions? Yeah. Yeah. Um, that, exactly. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, it's already in a sexual frame, at least in the places I'm going when I'm talking to dudes online. With chicks, though, I don't know that I've ever started out with a place where I was just looking for sex with a chick online. Right. So it would start as a conversation, obviously, and then as you're talking to them, you can start feeling out, are they a sexual person? Can you make sexual jokes? Can you talk? dirty at all, that sort of stuff. Yeah. And to ask you another very personal question, when you were looking for partnership, how much did your prioritization of sex fall into that? I didn't set out with sex prioritized in the conversation. It is a part of me, as you've probably figured out, that's a pretty big part of me. Yeah. Which means that it came out, it comes out fairly soon in the discussion. And if it's going to continue, then, you know, that talk will be responsive as it goes on. Mm. That's the way it was with my wife. When I met my wife, we had probably the most amazing first date anybody could ever have. We met and we spent like three or four hours just sitting and talking. We decided we weren't done, so we went and ate dinner. We decided we weren't done, so we went and saw a movie. And so it was like a 10 or 12 hour first date. Oh my gosh. On that first date, I talked about the fact that I had kids, you know, and I wasn't with their mothers anymore. We talked about the fact that I was, you know, am bi. We talked about the fact that I had a small stint in porno even. You know, we what? talked about all that we stuff have to talk about on the that. first date. I know. I, I just forgot about it and I remembered it. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, this was all during the first date, and so, and, wow. but she still kept talking to me, and it still kept on, so it's like, okay, this is going to be okay. My favorite bit of that whole night was right before the movie was starting. Like, we're in the theater, and the lights are coming down, and the trailers are just getting ready to start. I kind of looked at her. We looked at each other for a second, and I came over real quick, and I gave her a kiss, and I told her, just so you don't have to worry and wonder whether or not it's going to happen tonight. She liked it. That's so cute. I thought it was cute. Yeah, I, I, like, I know that there's another lamp you could shine on that where it would be creepy as fuck, but well, for us at that moment, it was good. For me, listening to you tell the story, the consent in it that I hear is you started out 
with a date that went really long and then there was another yes and then there was another yes. So to me, right. that signals that it was going well enough that she perhaps wanted to receive a kiss. And yeah. I and I that's where I have to say, OK, humans have to know the answer there. Yeah. <laughs> I want to hear about your brief stint in porn. But first, I also want to hear about what kind of conversation you had with your wife around the openness. It sounds like just for your male lover friends, like you are not open with other women. Not open with other women. So we had those conversations about my sexuality on our first date. And then before we got married, it was about a year later that we finally got married. But not long before the wedding, we had a talk and I was a little bit more business-like about this talk because I wanted to address the fact that, hey, there are some things that dude bodies can do that chick bodies can't do no matter what they use to help. Mm -hmm. I needed to address that. Something inside of me needed to address that. And so we talked about it and she's like, yeah, I can see that being okay. And, you know, I was like, okay, cool. And we talked about it like it was a much longer conversation, obviously, but the bottom line was that I said, this might be a thing that I need to do at some point here. And she said, yeah, if that's something that you need to do to be happy, I can be okay with that. I was like, what about other people maybe, you know, because new sex is very different than not new sex. And, you know, to never have new sex again, that might be a thing. She's like, yeah. You know, it's like, what about possible threesomes or stuff like that? She's like, maybe a day that could work, you know. She basically didn't close the door on anything, which was great. And then we got married. And... Years went by, and recently I reapproached her. Hey, remember when we had this talk? Were you bullshitting? No, no, I wasn't bullshitting. And then you know she, we talked things out a little bit more, and you know we talked about rules like she wear condoms, and I was like, okay, cool. Hey, there's places where I can get prep for free, you know, mm, because yeah. sometimes condoms break yep. and some. I'll tell you the truth. And she's like, okay, cool. Because I told her, I mean, like, I would feel terrible if somebody gave it to me and then I gave it to you because I didn't know. And she's like, no, that's great. And she appreciated me thinking of her like that. She was like, I wouldn't want it to be with somebody that you work with, you know, where there might be awkwardness down the road. Mm -hmm. I'm like, okay. What she said was, I wouldn't want you to do it more than once with a guy. Or, Mm -hmm. Or I wouldn't want you to know the guy you know, to like have a relationship with it. And I was like, you know, and then we talked about the working thing and it's like, I get that. I'm like, but you do realize that like, if it's the same person more frequently, then that makes it safer actually. And yeah. she's like, oh yeah, it's a good point. I was like, well, do you want to know? Do you need details and stuff? She's like, no, she could just say I'm doing my thing. She was like, you can't do it at the house. Okay. I'm like, all right, cool. Yeah, so, I mean, we, we talked it back out, and she, she basically was like, all right, cool, have fun, it's okay. So she knows when it's happening, or just in general that it's happening? She knows in general, which seemed to be fine for her. So, like, after it happened the first time, uh, we work a little bit different schedules. Huh. And so she tends to be asleep much earlier than me, right? Mm-hmm. And depending on the day, the time of the week, you know, I'll stay up very, very late sometimes just because, you know, why the fuck not? So the time that I exercised this latitude was the night when she went to bed really early and I stayed up really late. So I had plenty of time to do all the prep Yeah. and then go and come back. Right. And uh, so when I went, 
I left her a sticky note under her coffee mug with, I went to do my thing. Here's the address. In case I didn't yeah. come home, you yeah. know, she knew what to tell the fucking cops. Smart. <laughs> Smart. Yeah. And, you know, I, I came home. Obviously, she hadn't woken up yet. So I threw the note away. And it was about halfway through the next day when, because I wasn't sure after the conversation we had if she wanted to know that I went. So it was about halfway through the next day. And the whole time I'm like, oh my God, is she going to be pissed that I didn't tell her ahead of time? Is she going to be grossed out? Oh my God, I don't know. I finally worked up the courage about halfway through the day and I told her, yeah. So I went to go do my thing last night. And she was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> you told me to tell you I'm going to do my thing. And she goes, oh, that thing. No, no. She was like, what thing? I was like, I was with the dude. And she was like, oh, well, okay. And I was like, that's it? Like, are, are you jealous or anything? And she was like, no, if you'd have told me you were the girl, then I'd be upset about it, but it's the guy, no, I don't care. Okay, do, do you want details? No. Do you need to know if I'm going to go do it ahead of time? She's like, no, not really. Okay. <laughs> I love her. I love you guys. That's so good. That makes me so happy that that exists for you. Yeah. Now she's not American, so, uh, you know, they have different peoples, different cultures have different thoughts about sex, so maybe that has something to do with it. I don't mm -hmm. know. Mm -hmm. It definitely can. I'm going to stop looking that gift horse in the mouth, you know yeah. what I'm saying? <laughs> can I ask, do your kids, or they're young it sounds like, will your kids know that you're bi? Like, is that a thing I'd want to know about my dad? I'm just about thinking about this for the first time. <laughs> what I had thought about is when I approach the talk, to make it a very open sort of talk. Hey, it doesn't matter who you want to do things with. You know, if you want to do these things with boys, okay. You want to do these things with girls, okay. If you're doing these things with boys, make sure you ask these questions, do these things. Make sure you ask if it's okay. Yeah. You want to do things with girls, you know, make sure you ask these questions. Make sure you do these things. Make sure you ask if it's okay. Mm. And so out of that, either my kid will be bright enough to be like, dad's by. Or they'll be like, why do you know so much? <laughs> then I, I don't know. <laughs> I seem like I've got it all figured out ahead of time. Why a lot of it, I just fly by the seat of my ass. I'm just very progressive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I love that. Okay, so I would love to hear about your porn self. Oh, oh, Okay. Like I told you, I am drawn to friendships with lesbian chicks. Uh -huh. So I had gone to a lesbian bar with my friends at some point in the past, and it happened to be a drag night. Okay, they were doing their best too long food, their best birdcage, right? And it was great. I was loving it. And at some point throughout the night, somebody approached me, and I don't know, I was drinking, and so, like, said something about, oh, you're pretty cute, and you can do this, something like that. Here's a car, give me a call, something like that. And I was like, okay. Mind you, I don't remember at that point they were specific about what type of porn they do or what they were talking about, right? And I don't remember looking at the website ahead of time. I called. They asked me to come down. You know, so I made an appointment and I went down. And it wasn't like any of the casting couch porn you saw. I didn't have sex that day, but they did have me take down my pants and looked over my body and all that good stuff. And 
I want to say there was only like one year I did it and I did so like <laughs> they ease you into it. It's like they're pimps or something and or, or truck dealers and they're just trying to ease you into it all, right? And I, I mean that in a joking sort of way. But so the first video or two I did, it was a solo thing. I sat there, I watched porn, I jerked off and taped it. Then the next one, the first one that was with another dude, we just gave each other hand jobs. And then eventually, then eventually we got to the point to where we were giving, where I was topping. Uh-huh. And that's, that's where it stopped. I never bottom bumped them. Oh, okay. The bottom bump. I just topped. There was once or twice where we did like threesome sorts of things Ooh. where they had like one guy that was being the bottom and then, you know, me and another guy who was him. There was one where we did like a, a massage thing, like two or three guys gave me a massage. And then before we knew it, people were doing things. So I did end up sucking a dick on screen. Oh, okay. And then uh, like at the end of that video, like two or three of the guys came on me. What part of you? Like on your back or your tummy or your face? Face and neck. Okay. The face and neck and chest area, I think. And when you say massage, do you mean like an actual massage or do you just mean like a butt Okay. 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 Because there are also, I forget what they're called, but they're like butthole massages, right? Like that's like a thing that you can, okay. I don't know. Sign me up. So was your face visible in these videos? Do you ever have to worry about this for work? My face was in the videos. People use porn names. Uh-huh. So I used uh-huh. to, I made up a name. I, they, so yeah, it's out there. I have in the past looked on websites to try to find mine and it took a lot of looking and it took some very specific searching to be okay. able to find it. So I'm not too, too worried about it. Great. And the, another presiding principle that I work with in all of my do doing ness. Yeah. It comes into mind particularly with like the, the back of the porn stores, right? If you see somebody you know in there, they're trying to do the same thing you are. There's not going to be anybody that sees you in there that you see in there that's going to come out later on and tell everybody. That's true. Because then people are going to go, well, how do you know? <laughs> so if somebody finds me, well, okay, great. I don't think anybody's going to ever elect me to anywhere. <laughs> I don't think I have to worry about that. And if I, I mean, and at this stage in my life, if I were up for election and somebody asked me about it, I'd tell them like I'm telling you. It was a state. It was a thing. Okay, that's what I wonder all the time, because there's part of me that's like, well, I could never run for office. I'm too naked. And then there's like another part of me that's like, but so what? I like being naked. (laughs) Maybe maybe we'll have a shift. Have a puritanical start in the country. And so a lot of those same principles preside. And so, yes, there's a ton more progressiveness and, and sex positiveness in the country, but there's still a presiding, hey, man. Those are your no-no pieces, not those are your fun, fun places. That right there would be the difference between somebody getting elected and not. Maybe. If we could shift away from no-no places to fun, fun places, then people that have done porn could get elected. I mean, maybe if we could see the day, I wouldn't. Well, I don't know. Okay. I Okay, so I'm just going to ask you rapid fire the questions we haven't gotten to yet. Are you into sexting? Yeah, sure. It's lots of fun, especially if somebody that you're engaged with is into doing it too. And well, pictures say a thousand words. That's my next question. What about nudes? Yeah, hundred percent. 
What's your favorite kind of nude to get? I don't know. Um, I suppose from chicks, the sort where like you can see their wholeness, their mm-hmm. face, body, and everything all beautiful and wonderful together. Dudes, I prefer seeing like pictures of them in the act. But Ooh. I hope they'll be in me. Yeah, fuck yeah. What porn do you like to watch? All of it. <laughs> wow, that's a lot of porn. <laughs> It is a lot of porn. I watch it all. I watched so I have noticed myself going steadily freakier sorts of porno as I've been getting older because, well, that just makes sense. I really like, but lately I've been watching a lot of gay anal cream pie type Mm. porno. How do you decide which porn to watch which day? Do you just guess? Do you just Google? Do you just see what you feel? Do you browse? Um, sometimes I kind of have thoughts already in my head and I want to see the thoughts happening. And so I'll look for that kind of porn. Sometimes I turn on the website and in the first few category type boxes, I'll be like, oh, that looks interesting. Let's look at that category. Ooh, look at that thumbnail. Mm. And I write that way. What about your favorite sex toys that you have? I'm a big fan of the cock rings that have like the vibrating thing on top of them that's what me and my wife really like what do you mean on top you mean like this is the ring and it's like vibrating here or is there like a dangly thing that i don't know about imagine a ring yeah the thumb sticking off oh i haven't seen this thumb goes towards her so that while i'm wearing this ring right the thumb is vibrating so i'm getting all those wonderful good vibrations that's fantastic and the vibrating thing is sitting directly on her Hey, I love it when vibrations touch there, and then everybody has a great time. Amazing. If we're on sex toys and I'm feeling dudeness and I'm alone, I like a dildo that has a suction cup so that I don't have to use my hands to do that. Ooh, wait. So do you go up and down like you have to do lots of squats so you have muscles for it? Or where do you put it? Like, where do you suction it to? So I have been doing it in the bathtub because uh-huh. the bathtub, it will stick to, it will suction to. Is it stuck to like the top of the bathtub or like the wall? So I've tried a few different things. I've stuck it on the edge, you know, like uh-huh. the, the rim to get into it, you know, um, so that I can straddle that like one foot in the tub and one foot out, oh. or I can both put both feet out and just kind of like sit on it. Or I've also done like on the back, like curved part, you know, so that it's kind of at an angle. Oh, Yeah. Most frequently, the, the one I use most frequently is just straight on the bottom so that I can sit on it. And yes, I will have to do squats and stuff until that gets too tired. And then I find myself just sitting down wiggling a whole lot. And stuff. <laughs> can I ask what your favorite size dildo is for that suction thing? Like, what's your ideal toy size? So I only have one so far, and it's about as big as I am, maybe just a little bit smaller than I am. And it's not big enough. Okay. Okay. Kinks we haven't covered. Uh, kinks? Do I have kinks? I don't know. I mean, so, like, you might call the dude stuff kinks because, True. like, that's stuff that I don't want everybody to know. Everyone you know? defines their own kinks, I think. Yeah, I would think so. So dude stuff, stuff with my butt feels like kinks, and mm-hmm. I love all mm-hmm. I So I've, I've had a girl try to use strap-ons before, and that was wonderful. I've had a girl try to fist me, and she couldn't. Okay. And then it didn't go all the way. It didn't keep Have you trying. Been fisted by anyone? I haven't. Okay. Do you and want? It's to? mainly been because I'd love to see how that goes. Yeah. 
I what's the biggest cock you've ever had? Sorry, I just like one and I just got really curious because I'm thinking about fists and size and like, you know, you had that one guy that you couldn't fit. Right. I don't. So this is where the scientific or mathematical part of me gets mad at me because I don't have measurements and numbers. Me too. Yeah, I'm actually even if you told me a number about eight or nine inches long. Okay. Not that I should focus on size because it really isn't the most important thing. Truly. No, it's not the most important thing, but there is a big difference between getting fucked by an eight-inch dick and getting fucked by a five-inch dick. Yeah. Especially if the girth is uh, a thing. Right, if it goes with it, yes. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. What about any, like, impact play or dom-sub stuff, power play? Thanks for taking that back to it. Um, so, it seems like almost every guy that tops me wants to smack my butt, mm. like spank me, and all right, cool, go ahead. It doesn't do anything for me. Do they ask first or do they just do it? No. Okay. They never ask first. So, like, every once in a while, I don't know, maybe something just extra in my coffee that morning or something, but I'll feel a little extra aggressive and dominant with my wife sometimes, and mm-hmm. so the the touches just become stronger, the grabs just become stronger, my kisses are just that much harder, Yeah. that type of thing. I'll, I'll, I'll bite on her neck some, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I have done power play dom type stuff, sub stuff before. Oh, you're going to be so mad I didn't say it till now, but I had a mistress for a little while. Oh my gosh, please tell us about that. How'd you get into having a mistress? I want to say I found her also on Craigslist. Um, she was a good 15, 20 years older than me, something like that, right? And she was already well into the community. She had doms of her own. And so she was flexing her switch by taking me on and her being the dog. And she had, God, I want to say we like met for coffee, similar year story first, right? And then the first time we actually like played, she took me to the, I don't know if it was a dungeon or a sex club. I think it was somewhere in the middle. Uh She took me there for the first time. And like, we didn't do very much that day. She just dressed in what she felt sexy and she told me to just wear my my underwear my boxer briefs or something but she did put a collar on me for the night and that kind of stuff we and then i want to say we went back there once again later too she was much more into the you serve me you do what i want as opposed to impacts or anything like that Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and then once she took me out of town I felt so, oh my God, I felt like Julia Roberts or something. She took me out of town to go to a sex club, right? And we went there, the same kind of guys, you know, but we went with her friends and it was the sort of place where like out here was the banquet sort of room. People ate and drank and talked and danced and there was DJ and then you went behind the doors and that's where all the playrooms were and stuff like that. And that was fun. We didn't, so I I don't think she and I ever fully engaged in any sort of actual sex out in the public, but like in the room, then we did. Wow. Can you tell us some of the ways that you would worship her? Uh, She wanted to be touched. There was uh, one time when she wanted me to eat her, but like not experience anything myself. And she wanted to like, she seemed to enjoy like blindfolding me and using like the prickly wheel thing on yes. me and that sort of stuff. That's what she seemed to, that's how she wanted to flex her dumb muscle. And do you enjoy sensation play like that? 
Sure. Yeah. Are you kidding? Yeah, give me all the sensations. Totally. <laughs> okay, do you have any sexual fantasies that you haven't realized yet that you hope to realize or fantasies that are going to stay in fantasy for forever? Might have to stay in fantasy forever unless, of course, they're able to figure out the way to magically take all STDs away from everybody <laughs> all at once. Yeah. I would love to be gangbanged by a bunch of guys with no condoms mm. just coming me over yeah. and over again. That is a big fantasy. I would also like to be DP'd by two guys. Yeah. Wait. Different oh, for me yeah. than for you. I was like, wait. <laughs> I, I was like, I want to be. I was like, me too. Wait. Okay. I, I heard you tell some. I heard you tell the guest from last week that, and I was like, yeah, me too, but different. <laughs> okay, but I want to be three-peed. Wait, what's it called? Tripeed. Tripenetrated. Is it? Is it? Tri- I don't know. We're it up as we <laughs> I'm sure there's a name for it. Um, I love. Like yeah. Without a roll of toilet paper. Yeah. <laughs> um, in your gangbang fantasy. Would you like to have a mirror in front of you and a mirror up here so you can see the angles as it's happening? And then, oh God. and then <laughs> would you like to watch, what is it called when it just like dribbles out of you at the end? I love watching that. Do you? That's my question. Yes, I like watching that. Yes, I would love to see all of the angles. In my anonymous experiences in the past, what I liked to do, this is about as close as I've come to my fantasies. I would have some of the guys pour their condoms out on me afterwards. Yeah. And use my phone to take pictures for me. That's great. Smart. That was the tough. Yeah. It, it's, ugh, you just can't trust some people. Generally, like, if they ask to take a picture, you know, they, I make sure they take a picture without my face yes. in it. Uh, they show it to me. I prefer them to take pictures with my own phone. I'm like, yes. yeah, here, take it with my phone. And I'll send them to you. That sort of deal is that I can prop them. Yeah, because some some of the buggers you just can't trust. There's a thing now called stealthing. I didn't know about it until just a day or two ago. Yeah. Some asshole photographer was doing a whole series with uh, chicks he was taking nudes of, which makes me furious because one of my things is creating safe spaces for people to explore getting nude photos taken of them. And he was his whole thing was taking unconsensual. So this wasn't even like in a sexual situation. It was in a nude situation. But people just surprise partners or don't yeah like like you said they just fucking sneak up on them that's so see this is different i was i was looking for porno and i was looking at the i googled covid or not googled but i was looking for covid porno right to people wearing masks let's just see how that goes and i found two dudes and it said stealthing a guy during covid or something like that right and i was like okay cool so they're wearing masks because they're in covid they're just gonna have butt sex you know because of covid all right And then, like, as they're having sex, the top was filming it all. At some point, he had reached down and took off the condom in the middle of the sex and kept having sex with the guy and came in and everything. That is what what it's called stealthing. Taking off the condom without consent. Oh, that's so... Motherfuckers are doing this out there. Gross. Well, thank you for that PSA. Holy fuck, I did not know that was a thing. That is horrible. I, I did not know it either, and it's a scary fucking world. I, why can't terrifying. we all just be open and freaky sexual people and just, you want to bang somebody, go bang them on the front lawn. I don't care. That's fine. Just wow. make sure it's okay. Oh, my God. Okay, everybody, check your partner's condoms. Just keep an eye on that unless you know them super well. Right. Do you and your wife talk about sex? Sure. Yeah, we're open. We talk about it. We have. 
we laugh a lot when we're having sex. Like it is clearly part of our fun and how we play together. That's awesome. What are your hopes for your sexual self going forward? Happy and healthy. Fuck you. I don't know how else to say it. I mean, you know, it's, I just hope that I get to be happy. I hope I get to spread happiness around and I hope to continue the health that I've enjoyed. Love. Is there anything else about your sexual self that you can think of right now that hasn't been said that needs to be shared, whether it's a story or a thought or a desire? Some of my favorite times are when I've been able to be with people and I'm being sexual with these people and telling them things I've done with other people. Yeah. That is always a lot of fun. How does that come up? It usually comes up under the guise in the context of the fact that we are both extremely slutty people. There was a, a girl that I was with and she was vehement about the fact that she was a slut, not a whore because she didn't get paid, right? <laughs> and so we talked about it. And so like she had taken a trip to come visit me. And so like we're doing things and like I was telling her the other things I was doing while I was out of town and she was like loving it. And then I told her how I had found a sex shop with a back room while I was on this particular trip and she goes, cool, let's go. And we both went. Right. And of course, since she's the girl, everybody wanted a piece of her and she was getting all kinds of things, but like I was blowing a dude and she was watching and she was all excited about it. It was great. Oh my God. That's amazing. Yeah. A similar situation, I was able to talk about the things I was doing with a trans person who was, they had had like the top reduced, but mm -hmm. still had their birth bottom pieces. Mm -hmm. And like when I went down on them, like later on, they said, I really enjoyed that. And usually I don't. And that was kind of cool. Yeah. Fuck yeah. I try to be very tuned into what they're experiencing, whoever it is, you know what I'm saying? Because... Like, yeah, I want to be dirty and I want to come and I want to, make, you know, make beautiful messes, but I want you to also. Yeah. I don't think we actually talked about you going down on people with vagina parts. We didn't. It sounds like you pay really good attention. I try to because there's that particular piece of anatomy seems to be so complex and the ways that people enjoy it to be touched it has a huge spectrum yeah. and I try to incorporate a little bit of all of it. If I haven't been with this person a lot, because that way something will hit the, something will stick, you know? And then it, it's really, it's really nice when you're with a certain person a lot of times and then you know what they like and you know, okay, cool. I'm going to be coming like 30 seconds or they're able to say, Whoa, slow down here. Just do this for a little bit, you know? But I like to be fully engaged. I like to pretty much incorporate everything from the mid-thigh to the to the belly button. You know what I'm saying? Mm, fuck yeah. Touch it all, move my face all over the place. I like to work my hands too. I really like getting the, the, the two-finger come hither while I'm going down on. That seems to yeah. do well for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And everyone, probably the silliest thing I ever did was there's been a time in the past when <laughs> imagine you have a rubber glove and you grab the two sides of it and you blow up the rubber glove. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Been there, done that. <laughs> it wasn't necessarily particularly sexually gratifying for her, but <laughs> I enjoyed the hell of it. I thought it was fun. <laughs> I want to try that. <laughs> <laughs>
just to try it just to see just to try yeah (laughs) beautiful i think we're at if you could go back in time and give younger you a piece of sex advice what age would you pick and what would you say i've been thinking about this because you know it's been weeks since i wrote you and yeah weeks told me okay sure you can come on i'm Tempted to use Lieutenant Colonel Frank Slade, a.k.a. Al Pacino's words from Scent of a Woman. Uh-huh. They're on the airplane together, and he looks at the young boy at one point, and he says, when in doubt, fuck. <laughs> I think I might say something like that to myself. Like, look, man, okay, cool. You're with a dude. It feels weird, but it also feels good. Just fuck. Mm. With a chick, and you're not sure how it might work out emotionally or something, just fuck talk but just fuck fuck yeah i think that's what i might say to myself and i would probably say that to myself right about the time when i started doing things so 12 13 ish beautiful do you have any sex questions you'd like to ask me yes uh have you ever read the claiming of sleeping beauty no but it sounds like i need to Yes, I am. Te- I have a feeling, Wyo, you would love this. I've been listening to you talking to people and the conversations you have and the things you talk about. This is a trilogy of books where Anne Rice used a pen name to write it. I can't remember the pen name, but if you Google Anne Rice and Sleeping Beauty, you will find these three books. They're good. Great. Oh. And if I'm allowed to ask for anything from you, please write me an email if you decide to read them and if you, you oh know, with your thoughts. Totally. I'll probably talk about it if I do. Any of your friends, any of your sex-positive friends will, who may have read it, they'll tell you it's, yes, it's, oh. it's not Disney's Sleeping Beauty, I'll tell you that. Ah! <laughs> it sounds like it might be better, in my opinion. I don't know. We will see. Okay, thank you for that recommendation. Yes. And Matt, thank you for being on the show today. Yeah, thanks. I have had so much fun. It's, it's so fun to be dirty and to talk about it with somebody who enjoys it as much as I did doing it. I agree. Lovely humans, thank you for listening. If you appreciate the work that I put into this podcast, I would love it if you took the time to leave us five stars and a nice review wherever you get your podcast, especially Spotify, since last year's troll attack on our ratings is still affecting our ability to be found via search. (laughs) I do love getting to know you and hearing your stories and meeting you lovely humans in real life. And remember, if you want to collaborate, Apply to be a guest or leave us a single story voice memo via xstoriespodcast.com or sexstoriespodcast.com. Sex stories are always going to be my favorite, but now I also have question lists for love, friendship, dating, relationships, marriage, divorce, secrets, and so much more so that we can learn about connection through each other's experiences. I fucking love getting your emails and voice memos and receiving thoughtful noodle messages. It truly is hearing from you that fuels this work for me. And if you want to go deeper with me, get to know me, and support this podcast in meaningful, concrete ways, find me on Patreon, OnlyFans, FetLife, Venmo, Cash App, and all social media platforms at Wiley, or work with me privately for photo and video shoots, relationship support, creative breakthrough sessions, and retreats. Wiley.com slash links is where you can find the list of all the ways to play with me, and the link is in the description below. Thank you for joining me to spread ripples of love to co-create a world where taking care of each other is the norm. Thank you for spoiling and inspiring me with your stories and your support. Please take care of yourselves, take care of each other, and remember to share stories in the name of lovely human connection. (laughs) 